a Monday morning, and you know what that means, dreamers. Welcome back to the Isolation Station Club. This is Daz Does Disney, and I'm your host. It's me. It's me. It's the D-O-Z. Landed the Daz Dome, kicking your week off the right way with a little bit of news. We're talking coming out of the House of the Mouse in Orlando, Florida, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, my tag team partner. You know her. You love her. It's... St- Wait, no. No Steffers this week. Steffers is on vacation. Hopefully she's enjoying her time down in Orlando, Florida. So I have to bring in a special guest. You know him. You love him. He is the podfather of this very podcast. Host of the Passholder Lounge. Changing up the format. We're going to get to that later on. It is my friend. It is your friend. He's everybody's friend. It's Justin freaking Monorail. Jay, welcome back to Does Does Disney, my friend. How you doing? Oh, thank you so much, Land. It is great to be back. Hello, everyone out there in podcast land. And you know what? In honor of Steffers not being here, can we just spend the whole show talking about how terrible E.T. the ride is at (laughs) Universal Studios Florida? Can we just let's make the whole show about how it just we need to bulldoze that thing? And just reconcept it. How about another Fast and Furious ride? I love it. And and we can talk about how E.T.'s smell is terrible. And uh, and if you like it, something's clearly wrong with you. That's and true. Uh, let's go ahead and start the rumor that the smell at E.T. causes brain damage. Yeah, brain damage. <laughs> Sounds good. All right, perfect. Um, uh, We talked about how you're changing the format. I love the change to this format. We are now an anti-E.T. the ride podcast. <laughs> Sorry, Steph. that that. You take a week off, that's, that's the breaks. You know, if you're not here, you can't have any say in what we talk about on the show. And this week, it's anti- taking down the E.T. establishment. That's what we're doing. I actually heard that is uh, what Bob Iger said at his employee town hall meeting this past week. That is his one goal as the newly returned CEO of Disney is to take down Universal Studios' E.T. the ride. I wonder how Steffers would feel if somehow Disney acquired that IP and they moved an E.T. attraction into, let's say, Hollywood Studios. How about we change Star Tours to an E.T. adventure? Okay. Actually, this is not so bad because, as we all know, E.T. aliens did show up in the prequels. That is true. That is true. So, canonically, that could work. There we go. Okay, we've done it. We did it. You're welcome, Disney. You're welcome, Universal. Mm -hmm. We'll take our checks in the mail. Thank you very much. (laughs) Once again, just throwing out great ideas when you and I share a virtual recording studio together. It's it's, 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 it's magic. It's what we do, baby. Mm -hmm. Also, don't don't feel free to swear like you do on your podcast. I am going to edit that. So, you know. (laughs) Roger. Uh, Jay, um, uh, we do have a little bit of news to talk about coming out of the house of the mouse not nearly as earth shattering as you know changing ceos as it was last week but a big question that a lot of disney fans have been wondering was finally answered this week we did know it was coming we finally know when it's coming we're talking the closure of Splash Mountain. Now, you know, Splash Mountain is being rethemed to Tiana's Bayou Adventure after the uh, movie Princess and the Frog. So we knew Splash Mountain's days were numbered. We know exactly how many days it has left. Last week, Disney announced that Splash Mountain will permanently close on January 23rd, 2023. The final day of operation, if you're a fan of Splash Mountain, will be January 22nd. Now, this timeline only applies to Walt Disney World specifically. 
Disneyland out on the left coast has not announced a closing date. And when it does reopen, and the timeline is now late 2024, like we talked about, Splash Mountain will be a complete retheme to a Princess and the Frog theme attraction called Tiana's Bayou Adventure. So um, uh, this announcement was made back in June of 2020. So we've known this is coming for a little over two years at this point, but we do now know when Splash Mountain is shutting down, at least in the Magic Kingdom. That's true. Yeah, it's it's wild. It's been, it will have been almost three years since the announcement of the re-theme once it shuts down for the actual uh, re-theme. But, you know, I think that part of it was during the COVID times, there wasn't quite as much money to go around for any construction projects or re-theming of any attraction. I mean, we saw basically that the whole reconcepting, not reconcepting, but but would I guess some would say upgrading of Spaceship Earth has been put on the shelf, mm-hmm. um, along with several other projects that you know the 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 mythical, never to be seen, multi-story festival center that they were going to build build in Epcot that. I'm sad that that got axed because it looked like it was going to be amazing. That could have been a lot of fun. Yeah, it would have been pretty cool. And, ever, and everybody loves that uh, uh, Mary Poppins ride in Epcot, don't they? Exactly. Oh, wait. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, so so it's not a huge surprise that they put off the, the closure. And, you know, you've got to have attractions running while we're still waiting for Tron to open eventually someday. Is I Tron maybe... ever going to actually open? Well, they, of course they say spring, right? But Do you like, think this is just an elaborate Nathan for you prank that Tron's just never going to open? It's just going to be that carrot that's always hanging out yep. there. And, and mm-hmm. Disney's going to wait until they have a real dip in attendance. <laughs> and they're like, hey, by the way, guess what? We're finally going to open Tron. <laughs> um, I think that's probably my biggest surprise with this closure date, January 23rd. Because why wouldn't you wait until Tron was open so that you're you're just netting out to the same amount of attractions in the park, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, I know it's probably a different audience maybe wants to ride Splash Mountain versus Tron, but at the same time, they're both quote-unquote thrill rides, Yes, really. Um, So that's a little bit of a surprise, right? 1,000%. That's one I hadn't really thought of until you bring it up because, I mean... Disney is going to be down one less attraction, and this is a big drop. A for major some people. attraction. Yes. Yeah. And and if Tron, in theory, is going to open in early or spring of 2023, why wouldn't you wait a couple weeks or a couple months, rather, in Splash Mountain until you can open or you can throw the switch on Tron and then turn the lights off on Splash Mountain? Yeah. I, I just think that would make sense. <laughs> because and, I mean, I, I talked last week. It's like Magic Kingdom is a very crowded park as is, and you're going to be shutting down an attraction in Splash Mountain that a lot of people were going to. So those right. people are going to have to go somewhere else in Magic Kingdom. Look, say what you will about the theme, but it is an icon in the park. It's mm-hmm. it's a classic. Lots of people have a lot of nostalgia for Splash Mountain, and I totally get it. Like I I don't think I'll just say liking Splash Mountain doesn't make you racist. But it helps. No, uh, <laughs> that's a that's a joke. I'm not trying to jump into that debate right now. I I do think, as we talked about back when we found out about the retheme, I think that it's appropriate. I think that in in today's society that that we can sort of, if it made anyone uncomfortable, and you've got a good alternative, 
then you know i i feel like why not that's my personal mm-hmm. opinion and I, and i love splash mountain i i do i think it's a fun ride i don't like getting soaked so i like it when they turn the like soaking cannons off mm-hmm. uh, sometimes so you don't get quite the splash when you go down the the drop um but i i don't i don't dislike the the retheme i think it's i think it's going to be actually i know it's going to be great I'm a little sad. I, I wanted there to be more Facilier involved. Yeah, me too, uh, because they did put out some uh, new concepts and theming that we're going to talk about here in a second. And I noticed there's not a lot of or even a mention of Dr. Facilier at all. And I remember talking about this on the monorail yeah. about how I want the payoff when when you're going up that up, up the hill right before you drop. I want it. I want that to be all about i ready oh yeah that would have been classic oh and so then, good and then, and then just crescendos um at that at that part in friends on the other side just boom right down the mountain that would have been phenomenal and now i mean it does look like this is going to be a very deep in the bayou encounter with tiana heavy emphasis on lewis but it does seem like it's going to be more emphasized in the bayou and if you remember the story of the princess and the frog facilier really ain't in that part of the movie yeah yeah he wasn't in much of that uh so so that's a little sad but i think it's going to be great the music's going to be great it's going to be fun it listen everyone what we have learned is that even when attractions are done in a way that we didn't necessarily expect by disney they turn out great i mean well let's set journey into imagination aside Let me take a breath. I'm gonna get upset. Um, but really, we're all gonna we're gonna be like, well, I don't know, and then we're gonna ride it and love it, and it'll be great. Like I, I always point to my example here is Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway. People love the great movie ride, mm-hmm. and we still miss the great movie ride. Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway is fantastic. Yes, it is a fantastic attraction, and we none of us really knew how it was gonna turn out. So. I say, let's go into this being positive and hopeful. I'm sure it'll turn out great. And maybe we get like a really cool, fancy new animatronic that'll replace the million dollar rabbit uh, in Splash Mountain. (laughs) Uh, But maybe it'll be a a million dollar frog or something that they have to always Mm -hmm. repair. Or a million dollar Lewis or something. Because talking on the, I guess disrepair of some of the animatronics in Splash Mountain. Uh, The state of some of those animatronics is kind of rough to look at, according to some of the more recent Mm ride-throughs and posts I've seen on social. So hopefully when this does close and they go through the re-theme, we get some really, really updated and upgraded animatronics. I understand that this is probably a hard ride to maintain and do maintenance on just because it's you know a water-based attraction and you know uh, robots and water mix so well together (laughs) but at the same time it's like i have faith that this is going to turn out fine it's going to turn into another disney classic but at the same time i do understand people have memories tied to splash mountain and this is a draw for some people um maybe i don't understand the people that turned this into their identity online with the hashtag safe splash mountain uh, stuff i know We're, i have to I'm, think some of that is trolling i have to hope some of that yes is trolling. i would i would agree yeah. just because that so much of people online is based in trolling uh but um if you are a fan of splash mountain your last day to ride uh 
on Splash is going to be January 22nd of next year because the next day, January 23rd of 2023, Splash Mountain is going dark. Again, this is only in the Magic Kingdom in Walt Disney World. We still don't know what's happening over there in Disneyland. But you did point out, I said you made a good point uh, talking about how Disney's going to be down a down an attraction when they make this, I guess, turn the lights out, so to speak. And I said that was a good point. Last week when we were talking about the switch over from one bob to another, you brought up the ceremonial changing of the bobs, the ceremonial changing of the bobs, as we called it. Um, uh, you brought up something that I hadn't thought of in a hot minute, and that's the Reedy Creek Improvement District and whether the ceremonial changing of the bobs would have any impact on that. And um, lo and behold, here we are talking about it two weeks in a row. Uh, Jay, did you speak this into existence? I think I may have. Like, that was crazy. <laughs> when, it, when it hit the, the wire this week, I saw it and I was like, that was fast. No like, kidding. <laughs> like, like I had I had to read it a couple times and then I texted you back. It's like, am I reading this right? Yep. I know. It's... I mean, I it was something that we talked about, you know, that that could be impacted by this change, uh, changing of the guard uh, as the CEO of Disney, Bob Iger, returns again. We had never heard anything about there being an issue with the Reedy Creek Improvement District as long as Bob Iger was around. And I just had a feeling that something may be going on here. But I think the other impacting factors are, of course, without going political, that some of this was maybe a little bit of positioning to make a potential future presidential candidate look tough mm-hmm. to their constituents. Mm-hmm. Understanding that actually unwinding and removing Reedy Creek would not only be complicated, but there would be a huge impact to the taxpayers. And after all of this, you know, starts to be, you know, kind of come to light, then obviously it's like, well, we're not really going to do this, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I remember when I started covering this as the story broke and as it evolved and and it, I, I started calling Ron DeSantis noted Disney villain Governor Ron DeSantis. <laughs> I, I said it from day one. This is him pounding his chest, throwing red meat to his base and people like Ron DeSantis so they can go to their base and say they, quote, took on woke Disney. Yeah. This, and, and I said this was political posturing this this is theater and according to a new report from the financial times it looks like it's just that because the financial times is claiming that florida lawmakers are working to create a compromise that largely neuters the planned dismantling of the rcid uh the appetite for a compromise that enacts a few insignificant changes comes after Florida Governor Ron DeSantis won his re-election bid and former CEO Bob Chapik was fired. And now with Iger back at the helm of Disney, lawmakers are reportedly working to create a piece of legislation that makes small changes to Reedy Creek, such as removing Disney's ability to create a nuclear power plant or build an airport, both items that are not under consideration by Disney or I, was Disney ever really gonna make a nuclear power plant? Well, who knows? I mean, we I mean, haven't talked. To, that, that we haven't true. checked in with the frozen head of Walt Disney. <laughs> who knows what he wants to do? 
<laughs> that is that is uh, very true. Another good point from uh, Mr. Monorail. And uh, it goes on to say, before his uh, re-election, uh, DeSantis talked tough, claiming that he would make Disney pay for a nearly $1 billion debt that they legally don't have to pay. And then back in August, lawmakers for DeSantis offered the first hint that his actions against Disney may have been more bark than bite, claiming that the dismantling of the RCID may not move forward. Um, now, DeSantis is trying to deny backpedaling on dismantling RCID and promises that details will be coming soon. A spokesperson for the governor uh, said in a statement that, quote, he does not make U-turns. Uh, the statement went on to say, quote, the governor was right to champion removing the extraordinary benefit given to one company through the Reedy Creek Improvement District. We will have an even playing field for businesses in Florida, and the state certainly owes no special favors to one company. Disney's debt will not fall on the taxpayers of Florida. A plan is in the works and will be released soon. Yeah, so... uh as we were saying earlier, the check's in the mail. <laughs> we'll see. Yeah. That's all um, I'm going to say. We'll see. Yeah. I just, again, this is someone who is very aware of his political standing with his constituents. He knows what they like. He knows what they want to hear. You just keep throwing them things like this until it's time to announce you're running for president, and then you're fine. I mm -hmm. I, I mean, that's it. And, and then what if he's out the door because now he's officially campaigning in 2020 like the end of 2023 or whenever that starts um it'll be for whoever comes after him to deal with and they may not have the appetite to deal with this right so i i don't know i again not here to make any kind of political statement on this i just think that we see this kind of thing happen all the time we see these threats being thrown out there this posturing and it doesn't really mean that much at the end of the day there's a whole lot more that goes into it I mean, sure. Can they make... Okay. I guess Disney may acquiesce if they say, can we please just remove this this little statement in here that says you could build a power plant? I... Okay. <laughs> Maybe okay, fine. Will. We won't build our own airport. We won't build a nuclear power plant. You know, the funny thing is, I think there is... There's at least an airfield on Disney property already. Mm-hmm. So... And, and, and the, airport, the airport thing... I I swear it like people people at work know me you know I'm I'm the quote Disney guy I swear I hear hey I heard that Disney's gonna build their own airport did you know that I'm like really where'd you hear that I hear that I've I've heard that at work more than once it comes up more than it probably should but again we, we I've told the story I had an Uber driver who swore he worked for Disney and watched them dismantle Cinderella Castle ahead <laughs> of a hurricane he swore he saw it so I mean people like to throw random crap like that out there but I mean I do think you are right there'll be some okay we we won't do this you win yeah on Disney's behalf yeah and, and who knows there may be some other things that go along with it but I think Largely, what we know is the Reedy Creek Improvement District will stay intact and we'll still keep this, you know, structure that we have today. I, you know, I get the position of no company is bigger than the state. We're not going to give this huge benefit to one company, all this kind. Of, I totally get that. But at the same time, there would be no Orlando if there wasn't Disney. Mm -hmm. It would be swamp land. Yeah. That's what it was before they showed up. Exactly. Yeah. Before Walt came in there and built up his empire. I mean, look at Orlando 
what it was then to what it is now. And I mean, like, like I, I know when, when you're saying if it wasn't for Disney, Orlando wouldn't be Swampland or would be Swampland. Um, that's 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 no shade being thrown at Universal or any of the no, other no, no. theme parks. That's 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 just a fact. Di- Universal wouldn't probably be would here not if it be weren't. there if it wasn't for Walt Disney. SeaWorld yeah. wouldn't be there yeah. if it wasn't for Disney. I mean, and on top of that, Disney is one of, if not the biggest employers in that oh, area. It is. It's, okay, <laughs> I right, think yeah. it's the. I think it might be the biggest employer in the state. Yeah. And I it's, mean, like, it's up there with like UCF and like these huge universities because that's where you see other like huge, you know, employee numbers. But yeah, uh, it's just it, and that's not to say that because of that, that they should be able to get away with what they want. Mm-hmm. No, they absolutely shouldn't. I'm just Agreed. saying there has to be some sort of a recognition here on the part of the state that, you know, I, I mean, th- we, they do owe a little something to the Mouses company. Mm-hmm. And I mean, like you're a local down there, but before you moved down there, I mean, you would you would go pick up the family, load them in the uh, family truckster, and head down to Orlando on vacation. Why? Go to Disney. Go to Disney. Exactly. Yeah. I do that several times a year. Go to yeah. Disney. And I mean, I I go, I go to Universal too, but at the same time, don't act like I mean Disney isn't helping the state of Florida. Come on. Yeah, that's that's silly. And I know I'm overgeneralizing. It's not like it would just be Tiana's Bayou Adventure over in Orlando if if there weren't for Dis- if it weren't for Disney. But I mean, really, like you you look at like what was Central Florida before Disney bought up all the Florida Project land and started developing. It's you you cannot deny that it became. It's because of Disney that Orla- Orlando is one of the top tourist destinations in the world. Mm-hmm. That's just how it is. So uh, last week, Jay, I don't know if you heard about this. Uh, Disney made a uh, move at the top of their company, switching out CEOs. Did you, did you hear about it? What? I know, I know. A little, little, little piece of news went under the radar. But uh, newly yeah, returned CEO Bob Iger did an employee town hall uh, last week and touched on some topics, fielded questions. And one of those questions was actually a question that I brought up on well, not really a question, a statement that I brought up on last week's episode saying I wanted him to get rid of the Disney Park Pass reservation system. Now, Iger noted that he has not used the system, but that he has read about it, both good and both bad. Iger said that he would, it, I thought this was interesting. He would talk to Disney Parks chairman, Josh DeMauro, or as some lovingly referred to him as uh, Daddy DeMauro. Yes, Jay, Jay is waving. Once again, it's an audio-based podcast they can't see it uh about the park reservation system now you might remember previously tomorrow's actually championed the reservation system and was also one of the early executive voices noting that the park reservation system quote is here to stay i think this is going to be interesting to see how this plays out because even though Iger says he's read some good about the park reservation system i've yet to see that good about the park reservation system i see mostly negative, if not all negative, about the park reservation system. And my personal experience with the park reservation system is all negative, is all bad. So I think this is going to be interesting to see how this plays out. And also if there's going to be a, I don't want to say power struggle between him and Demaro, since Demaro is kind of, well, I, I mean, he has been one to champion the park reservation system if Iger comes out on the other side of this debate. Yeah. I see what you're doing, Bob Iger. I know what you're up to here. 
you you want to keep those hands clean. And what you want to do is say, listen, I tried to talk to Josh tomorrow and he said, we've got to keep the park reservation system. So don't don't look at me. It was. <laughs> and regardless of whatever you try to do, I will not blame Daddy tomorrow for anything because you as the chairman and CEO of this company could tell him, let's get rid of that park reservation system. He'd have to do it. You're the boss. So the look, look, listen to the people. Don't make me mad at Josh tomorrow, please. I I don't want to be. I'll think about it. I'll consider it. But at the end of the day, I'm still probably going to blame Bob Chapik for the next 6 to 12 months of anything bad that happens. That feels fair. That feels um fair. Yeah, it's really interesting. I mean, at least there's a sliver of hope. Mm -hmm. With Iger saying he's going to go talk, talk to tomorrow, he didn't give any kind of definitive answer. We know that there obviously is some positive sentiment on the corporate side that the reservation system has benefit. And I, from a scheduling standpoint and potentially a crowd level control standpoint, it makes sense that they would use it. I, I know I see the face landing <laughs> and I know that they it, it feels I've definitely been the park where I've, I'm like, I don't really how are they limiting people or like what's happening because it doesn't mm -hmm. feel like it. Um, but, you know, it sort of makes me wonder a little bit as they are playing around with ticket prices. They're starting to do some of this variable more, more of the variable ticket pricing on peak days at mm -hmm. each park for the individual tickets. Don't you think they could, if they wanted to, sort of, hey, we're starting to get towards capacity at Magic Kingdom. What if we go ahead and cap that? We leave Animal Kingdom open and raise that ticket price just a little bit for people who want to get in the parks. I mean, it almost feels like a way to artificially squeeze more money from people who are like transient park guests. You know what I mean? Hmm. Uh, I, and I know that they've got sort of the ticket prices posted like a ways out, but like if they're if they're using it to sort of spread the crowds out, they could also use it to like push people to parks where, or you could look at it vice versa. Um, our most expensive tickets at Magic Kingdom right now, people are only buying tickets to Animal Kingdom. Let's cap that. And now, if you want in the parks, you got to go buy that expensive Magic Kingdom ticket. You could do it either way. Yeah. So. I'm not trying to give Disney an idea here, by the way. Please don't take, like, I don't want you to take this idea and run with it. I'm just saying the two of those things mixed together. Variable ticket pricing is supposed to do what the park reservation system is supposed to do, which mm -hmm. is you, you're discouraging people from going from the expensive park to buy tickets for the cheap park, and that spreads the crowd out a little bit more. That's really what you're supposed to be doing with variable ticket prices and also on peak days you can get more money i get it but yeah i don't know i it's i would love for the park reserv reservation system to go i i really don't think it's going to i would be i'd be shocked to be honest yeah and i'm still not gonna blame mm, daddy tomorrow <laughs> of course you're not uh, gonna blame him but it's i i this does give me hope, but but at the same time, it's like they introduced the park reservation system to quote uh, control crowds and get it to the or make it so that the parks don't get overly crowded to the point where you can't enjoy yourself. I don't think it. I don't think that system's working though, because because no. I mean, again, this is going to be another instance of me talking about how 
the last few times I've been to Magic Kingdom, it's just crowded to the point where it's like, this isn't fun. This yeah. like, like this is uncomfortably full. And yes, I get it. The Magic Kingdom is the most visited theme park in in the, the world. world. But at the same time, it's like, like if you have this system in place that is in theory supposed to be able to control and stop this, why is it not working? And if it is so overwhelmingly negative, Iger, I know you said you've read good and bad about it. I refuse to believe there's there that you've read good about this. <laughs> if it's so overwhelmingly negatively received, why leave it in place? I I don't know. I'll be interested to see how this does play out because I mean, Damaro is a fan of it and I'm willing to bet he's not the only one up top, but I do think you make a good point. Iger is 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 stay neutral on it and he's going to I think I think he's going to make Damaro the quote yeah. bad guy in the situation. Oh yeah, he's going to be the Teflon man on this one. He's like, "Look, I listen to my people. This is what they say is the best." Okay. Mm-hmm. Sorry, guys, I wanted to get you that puppy, but, you know, Josh Tomorrow says you're just not ready for the responsibility. So, so don't <laughs> I, blame me. I just had a thought, though. So say, okay, let's say there's a day where Magic Kingdom, the individual tickets are $189 or whatever. And then on that same day, the Animal Kingdom is like $140, let us say. So if you got like a family of five from Denver, I just pulled that out of my head. <laughs> um, I mean, you're you're... Essentially, we'll make it easy math, like $40 a person, five, that's 200 bucks, right? Mm-hmm. Um, if you go to this, the reason I bring this up is because if you're buying park hoppers, and right now you can only park hop after two, like it, it, it leads me to believe they're not going to get rid of the park hopping two o'clock rule, because if it were me, I would just buy a park hopper to Animal Kingdom, although I think... If I remember right, and I haven't bought an individual day ticket in a while, I think the individual day tickets, if you buy the park hopper, are all the same price. So never mind. I retract what I was going to say. Because <laughs> I was going to say, why not buy it for the cheap park and then hop? But never mind. Retract my statement. Thank you very much. I appreciate you coming to my TED Talk. Duly noted. We, yeah. uh, we're all now dumber for having heard that. <laughs> I word you no points. May God have mercy on your soul. I know. That was dumb. <laughs> anyway. I bottom line, I think both of us are are um, sort of, you know, uh, we don't necessarily have a lot of faith that this park pet system's going away anytime soon. Yeah, though though I do think it's interesting. He'll quote talk to Josh tomorrow about it and see what we can do. Um, yeah. uh, uh, that that whole uh, town hall uh, meeting he had with employees was was very interesting to see where Iger is at on a lot of different things so uh but but that was the only one that i thought was focused specifically on the parks but if you have some time or you're interested go check out the notes a lot of uh, the disney uh, blogs and stuff like that covered it in, in more depth uh scott gustin did a good write-up on that uh he, he's also a really good follow on oh, yeah. twitter if uh if you want to be plugged in for disney news as well another piece of disney news i feel like i've talked about and it's come back and then it's not and then it's come back and then it's not it's uh minivans and uh getting you to and from mco when you arrive uh jay have you ever used a minivan no actually the only time i've used lyft on disney property was after they suspended the minivan service so so uh (laughs) i I missed your window i did yeah all right. Well, and um, I, I, I had no idea the price tag associated with minivans was so high. But much like everything else, 
when it comes to Walt Disney World, uh, that high price tag is getting more expensive because Disney has confirmed that the very limited minivan airport service will return later this month. Uh, Blog Mickey uh, posted a rumor about the return a few days ago, and according to their sources, limited airport services will return on the 14th of this month. Airport service will initially be limited to club-level guests only, and a date for widespread availability has yet to be identified. Now, before COVID-19 impacted operations around Walt Disney World in early 2020, minivan airport operation service was $155 for a one-way trip. The new price for a one-way trip is now $199. You're looking at a $200 price point for an Uber from MCO to the most magical place on earth. Now, if you weren't scared off by that price point, which again is just a lift from the airport, guests can book the minivan service uh, through Disney's signature service and sales have already started. Um, Now, there has been no news on the return of minivan service to Port Canaveral and the uh, resumption of service is just limited to Orlando International Airport only. Um, Jay, does a $200 lift sound like anything you want to sign up for anytime soon? Uh, How many people can fit in those minivans? Because if I can split it with 20 people, then maybe. (laughs) They can hold a lot of people in the minivans, but I don't think they have the capacity for 20 people. No, they don't. That's too much. If, if If I can coin a phrase from The Price is Right, that's too much. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not gonna. No, thank you. Um, you could get a one-way plane ticket from New York to MCO on certain days for less money than that. So you would have to have a big group. I mean, obviously, they're saying for now it's only off offered for club level guests. Those people probably have a little spending cash, mm-hmm. and maybe if they, you know, they don't want to uh, mingle with the unwashed, unclean masses, then sure, <laughs> you know, whatever. But not me. I'm not one of those bougie people. So, no, no thanks. I, 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 again, this is just for a lift. This is, this is to get you to your vacation. Like, like, yeah. like I've, I've taken lifts and Ubers from MCO to Walt Disney World to my hotel to go, like, like both on property and off property. Yeah. And, and, and it is a pricey ride down there. But even with tip, I think I dropped like, you know, 50, 60 bucks. That was going to be my guess. Yeah. That that seems reasonable from MCO to the Dawes Towers. <laughs> Not 200 damn dollars. And I understand no. like, like this is, this is a Disney theme. You, and, and I do understand that you want to be inside that quote Disney bubble when you're on vacation, when you go down on your vacation to Disney, but Ooh, $200 for a lift. That's a. Uh, I think you could get a black car service for less than that. Oh, 1,000% without doing any actual research. I bet. 1,000% you can. I bet you could. Like, just rent your own car service. Uh huh. I bet it'd be like 100 bucks, 100, 120. I, I think. Anyway, I don't know. I could be, I could be way off. But I will say, in a previous job, I used to get a car service from the office to LaGuardia in New York City. It wasn't that. It was less than that. It was almost, I mean, it's usually the price is comparable to a taxi. It's just a little bit more. It depends on the kind of vehicle. But mm-hmm. like, whoo, woo wee, woo doggies. <laughs> yeah, that is, uh, that's, 
that's staggering. I mean, 155, the old price point it was running at before, you know, the world caught fire and everything shut down. That seems like way too much. And then, then you're going to add another 50 bucks on it. Come on, y'all. And, and I know somebody's going to be like, well, well, it comes with a car seat. Okay. <laughs> all right. Cool. Comes with a car seat. It's still $200 for a lift. Come on. <laughs> uh, no, thanks. Although I do want to ride with those people because obviously they got money to spend. Mm-hmm. And maybe they'll buy me a drink. Yeah, know. yeah, and, and and if they're willing to drop two hundred dollars on uh, on a lift there, they're they're probably you know signing up for like keys to the kingdom or something. So so maybe maybe they'll let you tag along uh, when when they get there. I thought I thought you said cheese to the kingdom, and I just want to say I will sign up for cheese to the kingdom. One thousand percent. Can I please do that VIP tour? Yes, yes. That 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 has to be offered in Epcot. I mean, how 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 can it not? You can eat fancy cheeses from around the world. Remy's cheese. Keys to the kingdom. 1,000. Oh, my God. We're just throwing out great <laughs> ideas today. <laughs> oh. oh, that made me laugh. Okay. That might no be more minivans. Thing. No, thank you. Yeah, yeah. And and I'm $200 for a lift, y'all. Um, uh, If you do decide to drop 200 coin on a, on a lift, uh, holler at us and let us know. I would uh, love to, A, know your experience, and B, know why you made that decision. And be friends with you. Yes, 1,000%. Uh, and and if we could be friends, say before Christmas, and you could send us gifts, that would be phenomenal. Yeah, that'd be great. And then uh, closing it out, last little bit of Disney news that I have. Uh, everybody apparently loves park hour updates, and I am here to give the people what they want. We're talking specifically Magic Kingdom and Animal Kingdom. Now this is going to be a little bit uh, calendar intense. So if you and your family are going to be down in the most magical place on earth for Christmas, and you hear your day when you're gonna be either in the Magic Kingdom or the Animal Kingdom, come up, make note. And of course, you can check with cast members and you can check with the My Disney Experience app on the day you are attending. We're gonna start in the Magic Kingdom. Disney 5th, 7th, 10th, 12th, 14th, 17th, 19th, 21st, then 23rd through the 29th. Park hours have been extended. 9 a.m. opening, 11 p.m. closing. Previously, it was opening at 9 a.m. and closing at 10 p.m. So you're getting that extra hour in the evening with an 11 p.m. closing. Now, December 8th, 9th, 11th, 13th, 15th, 16th, 18th, 20th, and 22nd. Park hours have been extended 8 a.m. to 6 p.m. So instead of getting that extra hour in the evening, you're getting that extra hour in the morning as Magic Kingdom was previously scheduled to open at 9 a.m. Park hopping over to the Animal Kingdom. December 9th, 12th, 17th, 18th, 19th, and the 22nd, park hours have been extended 8 a.m. opening to a 7 p.m. closing. Previously, park hours were scheduled to be 9 a.m. opening, at a 7 p.m. closing. So you're getting that extra hour in the morning. And then December 10th, 11th, 23rd, and 24th, park hours have been extended 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. Previously, it was a 9 a.m. opening and a 7 p.m. closing. Now, again, Animal Kingdom is a very cool theme park, but it's also a working zoo. So you can't be in Animal Kingdom at 11 p.m. like you can at the Magic Kingdom. You gotta let them animals sleep, baby. 
I don't want to let the animals sleep. I remember when they used to do, um, when they first announced they were going to do like the extended hours in Animal Kingdom. That was back in the days of Nerd News Cafe. And Matt and I had this theory that there would be like a day shift of animals and a night shift of animals. And they would have to like, they'd bring them in. They'd have their little lunch pails and they'd be like, all right, Gerald, have a good day. I'll see you tomorrow as they're passing each other. And But like, that, like, like, like punching in on, on yeah, the time card. Punching the clock. Here come the night shift animals. <laughs> <laughs> they're they're the fun animals. They're they're the party animals. You got to be careful with this crowd. They're lively tonight. <laughs> Thanks for the heads up. I appreciate that, Earl. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a who framed Roger Rabbit scenario. <laughs> I, I, and 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 I do understand. You know, you can't go till uh, eleven p.m. at Animal Kingdom. But that would be really cool to have 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 a late night in Animal Kingdom. That that is oh. such a such such a beautiful park. They put the animals to bed anyway. They're usually not out, you know. Well, yeah, I, I I understand that, and also they're animals. If they're tired, they're gonna go to bed anyway. Well, so. I know, but that's what I'm saying. Like, so it's not like you're really disturbed. They don't do a fireworks show. Mm-hmm. You don't do the safari. Well, they used to do like the sunset safari. Um, I will say I went to the the Moonlight Magic event uh, with Nate and Serena. DBC duo they took me to the Moonlight Magic event at Animal Kingdom the best experience I've ever had at Animal Kingdom there was nobody there and they still did the safari even after it was totally dark you couldn't see anything but it was fun um, <laughs> so you just drove around in the dark it was a wild time as they always say when you <laughs> when you go through the parking plaza at Animal Kingdom they say have a wild time and we did we did that day but um Animal Kingdom is. It, it's sad that they don't have more after dark hours because Pandora is beautiful oh, at night. So pretty. Um, and the Tree of Life, like that mm-hmm. whole Discovery Island area, is beautiful. I mean, it gets kind of dark in some of the areas, but that's true about most of the parks. Like we were, we were talking about Magic Kingdom being dark. I when I when it's night in Magic Kingdom, there are, there are parts of like back towards. Fantasyland, going towards Liberty Square and, and Frontier. There, there are parts back there that are really dark and not super well lit. So, you couldn't tell me that it's because well, it's not well lit enough for guests to get around. Don't give me that, Bohunkus. <laughs> well, carefully Whatever. using such harsh language, but it's like, like talking on Pandora at night. I've had to break out my phone and turn the <laughs> light on before just to make sure I could see where I'm going. But Pandora at night is just gorgeous. Do you know the only sad thing? So it used to be darker because they wanted you be, to be able to see the uh, the black light like paint on the ground. Um, but I think it maybe was a little too dark because you've got a lot of winding paths in Pandora. So <laughs> so they did make it brighter like after they initially launched it. But it's still awesome and great ruining joe roadie's vision that's right yep disrespectful to joe roadie who do you not do you think roadie could uh could come back now that Iger's uh, ceo again i don't i would love it but i don't think that he will um, yeah yeah probably yeah i think he's moved on i know he's he's still working he's doing other stuff but well if he's still it, working i was gonna say enjoy your retirement but uh but but keep doing your thing joe roadie love you here on this podcast yeah big joe roadie fan you met him in the Animal Kingdom, and I'm still jealous of that. That was a good day. That's He's super so. nice. For for those of you who wonder, super nice guy. So friendly. So like he was so willing to chat about Animal Kingdom and just Disney in general. We talked about uh, the imagine. Uh, the, uh, bleh, that's easy for me to say. The Imagineering story. Um, oh wow. Yeah, we 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 talked to him about the show, and he was like, 
He was like, it shocked me how much they let us talk about on that show. I couldn't believe what they were letting us say, and they actually put it out. <laughs> like, yeah, he's a, he's a cool guy. I would I would love to see a season two of that on Disney Plus. That was such an interesting and incredible series. Maybe I'm wrong, but I feel like I I think they maybe are making more of those. Well, fingers crossed, because I mean, it's like like you you ask with it, or I would ask with everything they covered in season one, what other stories would you yeah. tell? Where but would I'm, you go? Yeah, but I mean, it's it's Disney. There's there's almost a hundred years. Well, there is now a hundred years of stories to tell. So I mean, I'm I'm sure they'd find something, and and the quality of work they did for season one, I'd, I'd watch every second of it. Yeah, I've rewatched that series. It's so good. Yes, uh -huh. highly recommend if you have not checked it out on Disney Plus. But uh, that's that's all the Disney news that I got. So, uh, Jay, you got anything you want to add, or let's just head to the plugs. Yeah, I don't, I don't think so. I, I think um, I have an update about my season pass holder or annual pass. Holder oh, status. that's right. You were on the fence last time we talked. Yeah, I felt that ticking clock and. I was doing some thinking this week and I started, I went through a lot of scenarios and I was like, so let's say I don't have the pass. How will I feel? And and knowing that if I let that window close, my only option would be to get the pixie dust pass, which is the weekday pass, no weekends, <laughs> no holidays. And I kept doing that. I was like, I don't, it wouldn't be worth it. Cause I mean, most of the time I get to go, I do get to go some weekdays, especially because of my proximity with where I work now. I can, easily get into the, the parks if i have a couple hours but um i don't do it that much because i gotta get home i've gotta take care of an animal and a kid and cook dinner and all that kind of stuff so i don't get to do it that much weekends that's the prime time so i gotta have the weekends but i really didn't want to lose my access so i did renew but i did take a step down i'm i got the sorcerer pass oh okay yeah no incredit no incredit pass this time well, still, it, I, okay. it was like a $30 difference in, in monthly uh, installments. So I know it's not huge, but it's, I mean, that, that, that adds up over time. Yeah. And, and all it really means is I can't go. There's like the last two weeks of December. I can't go. I can't go the week of Thanksgiving and that's really it. But I mean, those are crazy busy times anyway. Where are you really going to be heading down there anyway? Yeah, not usually. Yeah, and if I if I have a if I'm craving during those times to go to the parks because surely I will, knowing that I can't get into Disney, I'm like <laughs> I just want to go to Disney. <laughs> then I can always just go see. Like I said, I'll go hang out with Shamu at SeaWorld, or you know, go to Universal and see the Grinch or something. There you go. Oh, sp speaking of the, the the Grinch thing, looks really fun. Oh, I could tell you, I did last weekend go watch the uh, the Christmas parade at Universal, uh, brought to you by Macy's. And it was really fun. Nice. It was really good. Yeah, we had a really good time. So May and I went down. Um, we had a nice little dinner at Finnegan's, which is now becoming a regular place for me. Um, and we went in the uh, Holiday Tribute Store. I bought this fancy shirt that I'm wearing that you all can't see. <laughs> and uh, and we found a good spot. and We watched the Christmas parade. It was really, really nice. I mean, it's, it's all DreamWorks mostly. And then there's like at the end of it, it's classic Christmas and you get to see Santa and all that. But... Universal does a good job with their parades. They're really fun. And um, they made it snow. It snowed on us. Oh, nice. Yeah. So it was pretty good. We stood. Here's a tip. Right in front of the tribute store um, is where the big, like, icon tree is that they, that they build in Universal Studios. Every night when they do the parade, 
uh, the end of the parade, Santa is bringing up the rear, and then he lights up the tree. So if you want to see that happen, you need to make sure you're positioned near enough to the tree that you can see that part. Oh, very cool. Yeah. Nice little tip. I uh, I appreciate that. I uh, was down uh, for Steffer's wedding last year, and the night before, we did the Orlando Informer uh, meetup, and I watched uh, the Christmas parade last year. Yeah, Universal puts puts on a killer Christmas parade. So uh, yeah, really highly fun. recommend and glad y'all were able to uh, to enjoy it. Definitely check it out. If, if you have a chance to get over there, go do it. I, I recommend it. Awesome. Well, I'm glad we were able to uh, talk in a little bit of uh, Universal news as well as we uh, head towards the dough. Jay, I did talk at the top of the show that uh, the pass holder lounge is kind of changing format. Why don't you uh, drop some knowledge on that? Sure. Yeah. So, you know, I, I talked a little bit early on in the pass holder lounge about one of my goals was to eventually get back to doing like a live happy hour. And as I thought about it, I was like, you know, that's what this show is supposed to be anyway. It's really like a place for us to gather and talk and just have a good time enjoying each other's company and talking about stuff we love. There's no better way to do that than on the live shows that we used to do on YouTube where we get together, have a drink and just chat. So that's what we're going to do. We, starting in January, we're going back to a live show format. That's going to be the main show on Tuesday, I think, because the I did put out a poll on Twitter. It, it, as you can imagine, as every poll on Twitter is, it was split, um, but <laughs> the majority of the people picked Tuesday. So we're going to do Tuesdays, 8 o'clock. For those who can't join, I will release the audio Friday morning as the podcast on the podcast feed, but will be available on YouTube. And, and really, the only reason I'm delaying it is just to give me some time to get everything set up so I can do the show live. That's it. And I'm really excited about it. That's the Passholder Lounge. So... Uh, I wouldn't say search for it yet on YouTube because it may not be there, but I'm going to try to get it set up as quickly as possible. But you can follow me on Twitter at the PHL pod, and you can follow the Instagram, the Passholder Lounge podcast. And if you do those things, I will update everyone as soon as the YouTube goes live. Very cool. And uh, I think I'll be able to uh, make an appearance every now and then if you'll have oh, me. for in, sure. Uh, Awesome. Uh, in Passholder uh, Lounge Live or, or whatever you end up calling it. I think that is going to be very fun and look forward to listening, as I always did. But having the live element, I think, is going to be very cool and a very cool addition. Thanks, bud. I'm excited about it. So, and and uh, so be sure Tuesdays starting in January to follow Jay on YouTube. Also in the iTunes store, keep them downloads coming in and be sure and leave him a five-star review because remember five stars or GTFO follow That's me right. on Twitter. L A N D O Z. Please go follow me. Landon Doan. I'm the best Landon Doan, not the rest that you can follow me 280 characters at a time on Twitter. I also run a website, but but much chips sit on your butt and munch that's where you can find really outdated stuff i did in my college radio days interviews with the cast of aqua Teen hunger force venture brothers um uh, some old podcasts on wrestling marvel movies video games and uh, I also appear on the Phil Show News Talk 98.7 WOKI radio station locally here in Knoxville, Tennessee, streaming 6 to 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time at Newstalk987.com. Also available in the iHeartRadio app and the Newstalk987 app as well. So, uh, Jay, any final thoughts before we hit the dough? 
I just want to say, Landon, it's been a blast as always. Thank you for inviting me back on the show. And who knows, maybe I'll be back again next week. I would love that because uh, as, as we found out last week, Steffers has abandoned me for Christmas. <laughs> that's, that's, that's what Steffers got me for Christmas, abandonment issues. So, uh, Oh, also follow Steffers on uh, Twitter as well, at It's Steffers. Her podcast is Adventures with Steffers. Uh, has some really good stuff up there as well. Uh, love Steffers. Doing, doing a great job. Uh, doing, doing good work, Steffers is. So uh, follow her as well. So uh, thank a cast member. Thank a team member. Disney and Universal, love what you have going on. Uh, we even tolerate coming down and spending all of our money at your parks. But without your cast members, without your team members, none of what you have happens. So treat them and pay them like the rock stars that they are. Be decent to each other. You don't know what everybody else has going on in their lives. You don't know how far a kind of word or a kind gesture will go. And it costs you nothing to be nice. So be, be good for goodness sake, as uh, we say around this time of year. And... Uh, Take care of yourself. Be decent to yourself. Uh, not only am I talking physically, I'm talking mentally too, because mental health just as important as your physical health. And uh, this time of year, it can uh, mess with some people's minds. So uh, take care of yourself and uh, breathe. Have a little bit of fun. And if you can do both of those things, that'd mean the world to me. So for my friend, Justin Monorail, my name is Landon Doan. Thanks so much for joining us on another edition of Daz Does Disney because you've been great and we've and Dawes does Disney. Stay tuned for the secret sound, you Jedi scum. Today you're very uh, demonstrative, not demonstrative. What's the opposite of demonstrative? Hmm monstrative (laughs) no that doesn't sound right this is my free ass zoom it's not quite witness protection like you usually are but yeah i turned my overhead light on so it's so funny when you don't have it on it looks like an unsolved mystery where they bring it really does wants to remain anonymous (laughs) hello welcome to dark star station (laughs) coming to you from an undisclosed location because i mean talking on the status or the status, however you want to pronounce it, of some of the animatronics. Shut up. <laughs> it's my podcast. I can I can pronounce words however I want. Um, I drank all of my mimosa, and now we're out of mimosa. Well, speaking on weird emails, uh, I'm signed up for the U.S. men's soccer team uh, newsletter, and it's always, or it used to be sent by Landon Donovan. So so I'll think oh. that, that uh, I sent myself emails <laughs> because it always... It says you see Landon, Landon D. D-O dot dot dot. I'm like, what the <laughs> hell is oh wait, that makes more sense than me sending myself an email about how it's 20% off in the US men's soccer team merch shop. Don't give me that, Bo Hunkus. Thank you very much. I appreciate you coming to my TED Talk. <laughs> You know, there's there's a lot of stuff I can do well. Heck, there's even a couple things I can do very well. But when it comes to graphic design, that is one thing I cannot do at all. Thankfully, I have a friend in Matt and love of the mouse multimedia. You know and love their work. The sleek and soon-to-be-beloved logo for this very podcast, Does Does Disney, that was them. The classic morning monorail logo and all its variants, that was love of the mouse too. And not only does Love of the Mouse have an incredible talent for graphic design, they're easy to work with and collaborate. They listen to your ideas and suggestions, then they bring them to life. 
So if you're looking to start your own blog, podcast, YouTube channel, Etsy shop, whatever creative outlet that you're thinking of, Love of the Mouse can help your brand to stand out in the crowd. Connect with Matt on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram by searching Love of the Mouse Multimedia or at L-O-T-M Multimedia or visit loveofthemousepodcast.com or email loveofthemousepodcast at gmail.com to contact him about your design needs. We're talking logos, social media promos, advertisements, websites, and so much more. And if you're uh, looking for some more awesome Disney content, make sure and subscribe to his show, Love of the Mouse Podcast, on your favorite streaming applications. And tell him the Dawes sent you. I, I, I don't know if that'll get you anything up. I just always wanted to say that. Thank you.